0: Welcome to Testify It where we are sharing the love of Christ and building people up through testimonies and teaching. Have you ever felt there was no way that Jesus' death on the cross could pay for your sins? That if only people knew what you did, then there would be no forgiveness? Well, today we have a fantastic testimony from Bruce Fowler, who is both a board member at Testify It and a founder of Peace Ministries. He tells the story of Pedro, a prisoner in the Puerto Rican prison system who felt forgiveness wasn't something he could ever receive? Hi, I'm
1: Bruce Fowler, and I wanted to tell you some of the uh, some of the testimonies of some of the guys in the prison uh, when my wife Judy and I were missionaries there in Puerto Rico in uh, the prisons of Puerto Rico in the 1970s and 80s. The government there, after a while, asked me to. Uh, set up and direct a chaplaincy in the prison system of Puerto Rico. So I spent all day for most of 12 years uh, sharing the horror and intensity of the prison experiences with hundreds of confinados or, or prisoners in the 20 some prisons in the island of Puerto Rico. So I spent hundreds of hours watching inmates fight, cry. Beg, scream, threaten, sometimes stab each other to death, some of' them, it, it, the 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 fear and the smells are almost impossible to to describe. Uh, you can almost as you walk into the prison, you could almost taste the 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 acid oppression of hopelessness and feel the the dampness of fear saturating every well-urinated corridor of their dreary loneliness in this big old prison institution, um, it changed my life indelibly, because I could come home from the prison to my wife and kids every night, but I found myself more eager to get back every day to those dreadful smells and sounds because I knew they couldn't go home to their wives' and children every night. As I could. So in some little way, I felt like a, a tiny lifeline of sanity and hope to hundreds of guilt-ridden guys. A lot of the prisoners that I worked with there got really personally acquainted with Jesus because we spent most of the time just talking about him and his goal for their lives. And you know, many of them turned their lives over to Christ's direction. Um, <laughs> we spent lots of hours of uh, Bible studies and small group discussions that turned into prayer meetings and sometimes weeping and confession times, and then repentance and forgiveness sessions, sometimes spontaneous worship erupted, and sometimes they'd continue long into into the night and as I look back at it, I realize that, as a chaplain there in the prison, I wasn't usually the one that led the prisoners to the Lord. actually, they would lead each other to the Lord. Uh, you know, most of you have heard the phrase, you can't con a con. It's really the convict's own testimony himself of what God's doing in his life that really leads people to Christ. I wanted to tell you about one particular confinado prisoner, uh, Pedro. He was a, a regular in all of our Bible studies, Whenever we'd have a, a, a meeting to talk about Jesus, he was usually right there in the middle of the discussion when another one of my guys invited Jesus to, into his life. And typically, Pedro was one of those guys offering encouragement and giving some reticent doubter or, or uh, some hope or contributing a Bible verse to answer some skeptic's question. Well, for several years, Pedro witnessed and encouraged probably hundreds of spiritual births among his fellow inmates. But, you know, something strange. I I always noticed that he spoke of Christians as they rather than we. It seemed kind of strange that he never really apparently had invited Jesus himself to take ownership of his own life. Although he clearly identified with all the right reasons for doing that. He he was busy leading everybody else to the Lord. So one day I asked Pedro about that, and he he, he was kind of surprised that I'd even question it. He said, Bruce, uh, wait a minute. I, I I surely couldn't become the same kind of Christian as all you guys are. I, I mean, it's like I'm in a whole different world than you are. I couldn't become a Christian. I thought, wait, 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 what, what's this? What do you mean? He said, Bruce, you don't know what it's like to be raised in this barrio. That's a, a neighborhood or a society or a slum. He said, "There's, there's just cursing God is a great virtue there, and and stealing the next guy's drugs gains you just about as much power as raping his wife or something else. I mean, God could never forgive a criminal like me. Hey, man, I used to murder little old ladies just for the, just for the fun of watching their blood run across the sidewalk." And I thought, come on, Pedro, I know you see yourself as a big bad sinner. He said, no, 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 it's not just that I'm a bad sinner, but, you know, I I, I never could ever get rid of the stench of all this sin. And I said, Pedro, you aren't a good enough sinner to out God's grace. But somehow, Pedro resisted all the appeals and Yet his heart was just yearning for repentance. It never seemed to really come. So I'd spend months and hours praying and debating and discussing, and we sat and re-read scriptures. And little by little, his resistance began to break down, and I could see his tortured soul was just crying out for forgiveness. And he'd say, "Come on, brother, brother Bruce, tell me again. Will will Jesus' sacrifice really?" pay hey, for all my sin and crime, no matter how bad I've been? Can I literally be free and forgiven like all those other guys who come to the Lord? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you answer that, he said, let me tell you one more crime. I just remembered I haven't confessed that." So he confessed. You know, over and over and over, we repeated the verses that gave even Pedro complete assurance of his salvation. He, his guilt-ridden, conscience just, Craved the acceptance of Jesus, but his lifetime of uh, crime just kept him from comprehending it. One day he ran out of arguments, and he said, "Okay, Bruce, uh, I, I, on Friday, this is Friday." He said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into my cell all weekend. And I'm gonna just spend all weekend praying and fasting." And if by Monday I still feel like I really can believe what the Scripture says about me really being free and that I don't have to pay for all my sin, then, okay, then I'll I'll do it. I'll become a Christian. Well, so I was eager for Monday. I, I waited for him all day Monday in my office, and he didn't come. I sent for him, and somebody told me that he was still praying and fasting. So I thought, okay, take all the time you need, Lord. Sick him. <laughs> Well, Tuesday, Pedro came into my office and he said, well, I I guess I'm ready. Those verses still say the same thing, that Jesus is paid for every sin I committed, but somehow I I don't understand how that could be true or why he'd do that for some guy like me. (laughs) Well, I, I don't either, Pedro, I answered, but he surely does love you. Oh, man, does he love you. He knows every sin you've ever committed, and he took all the punishment for it on the cross so that you and I could have fellowship forever. Yeah, I mean, he did the same thing with me, Pedro, and I, I can't explain my redemption either. I said, well, okay, let's do this. So we got on our knees, and began to pray together, and he started praying, and in a moment he said, Shut, wait, wait, shouted. He, he says, wait, I, I just remembered two more sins. I forgot to confess. <laughs> so he confessed his sins and went on praying. And, you know, he must have interrupted that prayer probably six or seven times to confess some more sin and ask again for the assurance from Scripture that Jesus' blood really did apply to all his sins. Well, finally he finished inviting Jesus to be Lord, and he got up and he shouted, Amen! Yahoo! He just, I mean, he just literally flew out of the office in a cloud of joy. I didn't i, I didn't see Pedro for a couple more days, but I heard from everybody else that he was up there in his section of the prison uh, almost making a nuisance of himself, telling his testimony to everybody who would listen and a few people who wouldn't. Um, a couple of days later he came into my office whistling hymns and sporting this big grin and he announced, "Hey Bruce, we got an appointment with the prison warden. Bruce, tu y yo, con el caide, you know, you and me at el nueve y media, 9:30." Nine, and I thought, "Now that's a little strange. Uh, in this prison an inmate doesn't get an appointment with the warden. In fact, prisoners don't talk to even to the guards much less the warden. In fact, I was the chaplain in the prison, and I'm sure I probably would have had difficulty getting an appointment myself with the warden. Um, You don't even, in that prison, you don't even talk to a guard unless you put your hands behind your back or unless the guard speaks to you. So he was being rather bold. And so I called up to the front and assured, yes, he does have an appointment at 9.30 this morning. So uh, I said, Pedro, what's this all about? He said, well... You tell me, Jesus took all my sins, so you and I need to go in and see the man and tell him that I no longer have to be here in this prison. I'm a free man. Jesus paid for my sins. Why do I have to stay here? <laughs> I thought, uh-oh, what did I do? Uh, I started getting a little nervous, and I thought, uh, is this the way it works? I did. He said, well, is that true? And I said, well, yeah, he did take all your sins. And He said, so I don't have to be here, right? And I said, I... Uh, I let's 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 pray and ask God he said okay let's pray so he got down on his knees and <laughs> just like a little kid he was just full of joy and and innocence and he was pouring out words of gratitude in his prayer for his fresh new uh, freedom in Christ he was praying so fast and excitedly i couldn't even couldn't even understand him, get a word in, and I didn't need to. So I just sat there and listened to him pray. I realized in a minute that it wasn't Pedro talking to God, but God was talking to Pedro using his own mouth in prophetic words. And what he was saying was, I have called you, Pedro, to be my man of, of faith and light right here in the middle of this darkness. I will use you right here in a mighty way as you trust me As you follow my spirit's direction in ministering to these prisoners among whom I've placed you for my great purposes, you are to bring many confinables to freedom in the knowledge of Christ as I've brought you to freedom. Do not submit again to the prison of the sin and death because I've delivered you from all that. Walk freely now. You're my man. Walk freely, humbly, boldly, not as a prisoner, but as my man of power and authority. I thought, huh, that's kind of that's kind of cool. <laughs> and he said, amen. Okay, we got up and we went in to see the warden. And by the way, I saw a Bible on the warden's desk, which sort of surprised me since he wasn't a Christian. But uh, uh, instead of asking to be released, he just gave the warden his testimony and invited him to receive Jesus just as he did, which he, he didn't do. At least not that. He did become a Christian later, but... From that day on, he walked out of the warden's office back into the population of the prison. He, from that day on, Pedro was the most dynamic evangelist the Bayamon prison had ever had. Uh, I mean, he still was wearing the blue denim uniform of a prisoner, but he was in nearly every sense of that word a free man. I mean, he, he had a freedom and a a humble confidence among the guards that I'd never seen with any other prisoner. He'd walk right up to a guard, which the prisoners there don't do. But he would walk right up and say, hey, Joe, and put his arm around the shoulder of the sergeant. He'd say, how's that new grandson of yours? Or, or, or can I pray for your car? Did you get it fixed? Or, I mean, he just loved everybody, and everybody loved Pedro. He was so confident in his freedom of ministering within the prison walls that he told me, he wouldn't even trade places with me. And by the way, the parole board did later call him up for parole. Uh, and he said, no, I, I I don't even want parole. This is where God put me, and I'm not leaving. He, this presidio is where my congregation is, and that's where the Lord needs me. I mean, here was Pedro. He was really no longer a prisoner, even though the prison's address was where he still received his mail. Jesus had put him there for a different reason than to pay for his crimes he had committed. The Lord had already taken care of every one of them on the cross. You know, I, I see so many Christians who know they belong to Jesus Christ, but they still think, well, i got to pay for all my sin. No, you don't. Jesus has set you free. And if you can be as free as Pedro, that's the goal, because Jesus Christ has set you free. No matter what Satan says about all your sins, he says, I have cleansed you from all all unrighteousness in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening today. I hope you were truly blessed. If you want more information about testify it, please visit us at testifyit.com. That is t e s t i f y i t.com. If you want more information about peace ministries, you can contact them at www. Dot peaceministriesinc.com Do you have a testimony to share? We would love to hear from you. Just go to testify.com and fill out the testimony form. You can find it at the bottom of any page on the website. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and truly want one, call out to Him today. Decide to give over your life, surrendering it to Him, and choose to follow Him. He has already paid the price for all your sin with His death on the cross. He was raised on the third day and will give you everlasting life with Him. You will be born again, and He will place His Holy Spirit within you. Until next time, remember, you are loved by God, and He deeply desires a relationship with you.